Hey, it's Sam, and you're listening to Catch All, the podcast, a show for creating a life well-lived. We explore topics ranging from relationships and business to mental health and pop culture and everything in between with friends, experts, and people who generally have their shit together. Let's get into it. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome back. This is episode number seven, and I am very thrilled about this one. I am discussing five lessons I wish I knew before I started my business. And I'm sure I could have went on and on about a whole slew of different lessons that I've learned in the short uh, few short months that I've been doing this. Uh, and when I say few short months that, you know, I am almost coming up on on a year since the inception. Uh, So I guess, who knows, does that make me an expert now? Maybe. Uh, Regardless, I've got five things that maybe you'll find helpful if you're on the path to entrepreneurship, if you're looking to start a side hustle, if you're looking to start selling the crafts that you make because they're beautiful and everybody should have them. I think uh, you're really going to enjoy this one. So thank you again for tuning in and let's get into it. One of the first things that I would definitely point out is that activity doesn't equal growth. And what I mean by this is that I found really quickly that working on client tasks while they were important and obviously there were deadlines and I had certain commitments that I needed to fulfill it was really easy to get sucked into performing work for other people because, of course, they pay the bills without being able to actually spend time developing my strategy to continue to build my audience and visibility. So oftentimes what would happen is I would spend a week on various client projects. I would be pumping out content. I would be hitting deadlines. And the end of the week would arrive and I had nothing left to actually implement my own strategies in terms of, you know, Instagram development, in terms of, uh, you know, freebie content creation, in terms of actually growing my email list. There were so many things that I could have been doing to continue to to move my business forward in terms of of having impact that I wasn't necessarily doing because I was so busy doing work for other people. And it's interesting because in the reality, when I think about it, one of the big reasons that I actually started my business was because I actually wanted to do things for myself in terms of the content I was creating. You know, I didn't want to necessarily have to report to somebody in a traditional corporate sense. And so with that, it was extremely interesting that this was a huge problem that I had because it was just so unlike me. Uh, So that would definitely be something that I would consider if you're starting a business is remembering that you need to create time and, and schedule that into your calendar so that you can actually move your needle forward too in terms of, you know, building your business, scaling your business, offering new products, um, you know, creating a 
an engaged audience, whatever that looks like for the business that you're doing, in addition to actually performing the work that gets you paid right then and there. Because I find that when you don't actually focus on your own strategies, you're playing a really short game. And unfortunately, as many people are seeing right now with with the current state of the world, playing a short game is not good for business. It needs to be about where am I going? Where am I taking this? And having a strategy that lasts a substantial amount of time, creating that life cycle of a client is going to allow you to be more sustainable when maybe you need to pivot and and start offering, you know, maybe an online workshop instead of an in-person one, or maybe, uh, you know, an actual product in addition to maybe some coaching services that that you sell. So again, making time for your business, the strategy that you need to implement in order to grow. The second big lesson that I learned was it's important to pay attention to actions that are becoming habits. And this was something that I learned very quickly. And unfortunately, it it left a bit of a bad taste in my mouth in terms of, of clients that, you know, didn't end up being the the best ones. Um, I actually had a client who would sort of ignore my office hours. They would send urgent requests that, you know, needed to be completed. And I was out of the office. It was like a a Saturday night. And and I'm saying, I'm receiving this message saying, you know, can you help me facilitate this, you know, post on Instagram or whatever the case may be. And they wanted it done like that same night. And I'm thinking, like, I'm at a family dinner right now. And, you know, my office hours are Monday through Friday from this time to this time. So, you know, I'm not understanding, like, your expectation of this. And so initially I sort of chalked it off as uh, chalked it up to just sort of a one-time thing or, you know, something that, you know, stuff comes up. And, And so I was trying to be flexible. But. I found that it became more of a problem and it was increasingly frequent and it started to leave me feeling like I wasn't being respected. Um, this same client would also change their mind about tasks that I have com- had completed once they were already done. And, you know, it would ma- leave me having to go back and repeat things that had been approved that had been published even you know having to go back in and edit something once it had already been put out to our audience and so I thought you know I'm spending so much time creating this content or making this strategy or putting this product out there that we've already discussed and now it has to be changed and so it was again this idea of like feeling undermined and and feeling like I was constantly being set up for failure which to me, it it just didn't seem worth it after a while. Um, So I ended up working with this client for a handful of months and it it really caused a lot of stress. I talked too much about it. My my husband (laughs) often told me that I should let them go because it did, you know, occupy so much of my time. But the really important thing that happened and, and why I really think that people need to to know this going into business ownership is that by letting that client go eventually when I did and worked up the nerve to do it, I was actually able to attract other clients 
that were better in line with my values. And it was a little bit of a stressful scenario because I I was just at my wits end. I had to let go of this client and I didn't have another plan, but I had to have faith in the fact that if I let this client go, something bigger and better would be out there. And luckily in this case, I was right. I was able to open up space, bring somebody else in that better aligned with my values. And honestly, it's been a game changer in terms of of the stress. You know, it's funny, I work from home and I was literally, you know, taking my work home with me after the day. And it was like, I'm not going anywhere, but it it was still that same sort of concept. And it it really was just eating into, you know, my winding down time. You know, we talk about it over dinner and I thought, why am I going to continue to just ruminate on this person who doesn't respect my boundaries, doesn't respect my time. And, and really quickly it became clear that it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth the headache. So learned that lesson, let that client go. And luckily it's been uphill from there. The third thing that I think is really important. And this is a lesson that I've most recently learned was that my definition of entrepreneurship doesn't necessarily look like everyone else's and that's okay. I really struggled with this idea of quote unquote hustle culture. This idea that you always had to be chasing the next big thing. You always had to be launching a brand new product or launching a brand new program or, you know, keeping up with the Joneses when you're an entrepreneur because that that's what it is. And while I can agree that that is an element of it, I don't think that's everything. And so for me, I had to understand that what worked for me in my business was making enough money to support our current lifestyle while also being able to invest in my business in terms of, you know, further education, in terms of tools that help me automate my business process. So, you know, I'm saving time and, and can actually work on, you know, content or work on client uh, tasks. And so in doing that, I also had to recognize that it was important that I had time to get into the gym and cook, you know, new recipes on a regular basis and to work on more fun projects. And so it wasn't always about the hustle in terms of how can I make, you know, six figures or how can I make my first million? For me, it, it, it's just not like that. And and so I, I struggled with this idea of, do I really belong in this sort of, you know, online business world when, when it's not a hustling sort of mentality for me? And I've realized that at the end of the day, it's really whatever works for me and, and my life. And it's okay that it doesn't look like, you know, people who are off jet setting. I mean, nobody's jet setting right now, I guess, because we're all social distancing and, and grounded in quarantine. But, um, you know, it didn't look like this idea where people were jetting off to Bali and they're like working on the beach. And I'm like, I, I don't know about you, but like, if I go to a beach, like, I don't want my laptop there. I just want to be like, drinking screwdrivers and so this idea of taking my work anywhere in the world like you know it was something that was lost on me and I like the idea that I can step away from my business and it's 
still going to be there. And I don't feel like I always am having to go back and take care of something or get that, you know, that one more sale or push this new product. Um, you know, I like that it's comfortable and I like that it works for my life. And, and it, you know, again, it doesn't look necessarily like other people's version of entrepreneurship, but I don't think hustle is sustainable. And I think a lot of people probably learn that really quickly. And so I'm lucky that I learned it sooner rather than later and been baking muffins and cupcakes and trying new recipes and podcasting. And there's so much room for activities when you're not chasing the next big thing. So yeah, it was an important lesson. And I have to say, it's, I'm, you know, glad that I learned it. The fourth thing, and it, I guess it sort of goes along with the previous point is that not every hobby you have needs to be monetized. Um, you know, I got into this business because I had a blog, I had sort of developed a micro following on Instagram, I loved creating content, and it was something that I was good at. And when I paired that with my project management experience, it was clear that I could really benefit small businesses and creative entrepreneurs who struggled to marry up the creativity with the actual like logic side of running a business. Um, and so for me, it was a natural sort of transition into, you know, launching this business, doing the things that I loved to do. But with that being said, when I started getting into client work and, and those hours started to become more and more as I took my, you know, my side hustle full time and ended up leaving my corporate job, I found that I started to struggle to actually create my own content because I was giving so much of my creative brain space to my clients. So I had to have this sort of mindset shift to realize that while my content on my blog, on my Instagram or whatever social platform serves a purpose within my business, it was also important for me to have fun doing it still. And so when I was, you know, pumping out all of this content for every client that I have, um, you know, writing their email list, writing their Instagram captions, writing their blog posts, um, whatever the case may be. I often found like I just felt strapped for for my own co content and my own writing because I was constantly in somebody else's brand voice and constantly educating their client um, and their ideal audience. And so for me, it was important to remember to create that space to focus on what I want to say, the message that I'm looking to present and, and remembering to have fun with that. And I think that's a big reason why so many people do resonate with my business and with my brand on, on social media is, you know, I talk about the fact that I have an obsession with craft dinner. It is what it is. <laughs> that has been something that has been part of my life for as long as I can remember. And people resonate with that. And if I feel like I'm getting too businessy with my content, I, I don't feel as passionate about it. And then I don't create stuff that I actually like for my own brand and business. Uh, so by creating space to do things just for fun, like podcasting or cooking recipes or writing, um, you know, I just started a memoir writing 
uh, workshop, which obviously I'm I'm not monetizing at the current moment, but who knows, maybe it'll turn into a book. I guess we'll wait and see. Um, but in doing all of these things, I can continue to share aspects of my life that make me approachable as a human behind a business while still having fun and not necessarily worrying about how I'm going to monetize these things because ultimately the connection that I'm building with my audience through the personal aspects of my brand end up leaving, you know, a bit of a waiting list if I can be completely honest of people wanting to work with me because they just like me as a person. And so that's been something that I had to really step back, take some time and figure out how I could make this work for me without necessarily fitting the mold of, of what, you know, a business has to be on social media or what a business has to be in an email marketing campaign. Um, because I think I, I don't fit that cookie cutter mold, you know what I mean? And I, I think that's something that I've never really done. So it sort of makes sense because I wasn't, you know, somebody who had a one track mind as it was for as long as I can remember. You know, I dabbled in playing different instruments. I played competitive softball. I played hockey. I, you know, always was a reader and a writer and, you know, doing all of the different things. And so being able to continue to do that while I incorporated as part of my business, although now things look a little different because I, you know, I don't spend obviously as much time on a baseball field. Um, but being able to incorporate those into my business sort of helps me remember, you know, why I did it and why I do it. It it just makes my content better. The fifth and final major lesson that I wish I knew before I started my business was do not reduce your prices. I will be the first one to say that I knew this going in. I had heard people tell the same cautionary tale and I started my business knowing that I needed to start somewhere. So off the hop, I accepted negotiations on my pricing. I found very quickly that the people who negotiated were people that ended up not being the kinds of clients that I actually wanted to have. Ultimately, it led me to feel sort of resentful towards them. Um, it made me feel like I was busting my ass for a discounted rate just because I didn't have a backbone to say no, um, which made me feel sort of guilty. And ultimately, I just felt disrespected. And it didn't leave me feeling confident that the clients that had negotiated these lower rates were actually confident in my abilities and in my skills. Um, you know, it's, it's interesting because if you compare it to like a retail setting, like, yes, there will always be, you know, seasonal sales or certain, you know, like a buy one, get one 50% off on, you know, jeans at American Eagle or whatever it may be. Like there's those moments where there is the opportunity for a sales promotion, but for the most part, you're not going to have somebody walk into a store and go up to the checkout and say, listen, I know that these jeans are, you know, 70 bucks, but like, if it's cool with you, I'm actually just going to pay 45 because that's what I think they're worth. Like picture that. And, and I have to, this is getting a little pointed, but I have to say, if you're a business owner and you're looking to outsource 
and and you're thinking that it's appropriate to ask somebody to do this, you need to get in line. It's not okay. So let me be clear on that. Again, picture yourself walking up to a counter in a retail store with a pair of jeans in your hand. I know they're $70, but I feel like they're actually worth $45. What do you think that says to a person? And it didn't hit me like that until, again, it became this this idea that I had I had people who wanted to work with me, people that were willing to pay the rates that I stipulated. And I was still working with clients who negotiated a lower rate because that's what they felt I was worth. And once I realized that people were willing to pay the price that I outlined, it was a game changer. I created content that resonated. I engaged with my audience. And I did great work for my current clients who then recommended me to their contacts and people saw my value. So I didn't have to lower my price and I didn't have to offer a discount and I didn't have to take less than I was worth. And interestingly enough, I think that's an important lesson to remember, even if you don't own a business, accept what you're worth. Don't change that for anybody. So I think... We'll leave it off with that. Thank you so much for turning into the podcast. I hope you'll stick around and I hope you'll be back next week for a brand new episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you feel so inclined, please do leave a review or a rating. It means so much to me. I see them all. And it really helps in ranking in the podcast charts. So don't forget to share with your friends. And until next time, I'll see you later. Bye-bye.